everyone, how you guys doing? Good, good, good. So I just want to share with you those reports. I just want you to know that you are not alone here just in Seattle. We are a network of churches all over the world. Uh, to those of you who remember last year, we did uh, contributed. I've just, Seattle did contributed to the sack farming in Mumbai. Uh, so thank you so much for all of your contribution. This year, uh, we're going to commit to one of the area that was listed, which, uh, and we were assigned to Port, uh, Fort Portal, Uganda. Uh, and we're going to prepare the, the campaign over the next uh, couple of weeks, and I will make the announcement again at that time. So I want you to just be aware that uh, even though you are here in Seattle, even though you are in lockdown, uh, the work of the Lord has never ceased, guys. Uh, you know, actually, uh, I was surprised Pastor Danny did not mention uh, during those sack farming in Mumbai, there are about 150 people that got saved through the sack farming. So I want to praise the Lord for that. 150 people got saved during the COVID situation. So um, that, that is really amazing. Amen. Uh, I also have one quick announcement from our Sunday school as the families uh, and kids are coming back uh, to church uh, over the next few weeks. Uh, we really need help in our Sunday school. So if you have the heart for children, uh, I want you to maybe talk to me or talk to Kelsey and you can volunteer and help in any way for our children because they are our next generation leaders and uh, workers of the kingdom of God. Amen. Uh, so today I want to share with you uh, the word of God called Got it figured out. Got it figured out. I don't know how many of you here, you are Christians. Let me talk to the Christians first, especially to those of you who are tuning in through our live stream. Let me talk to the, to the Christians first. I don't know how many of you who have been Christians for many years, you come to church, you have been listening to a lot of sermons, maybe you are ministering, and you, you felt like your relationship with God um, has been very superficial because you have been so used to God and you have God figured out in, in your hands, you know, you, you kind of can uh, kind of guess uh, what God should react, how God should react, how God should respond, how God should actually um, minister to people. Uh, and, and I felt like that, that's dangerous, you know, as Christians, if we got it figured out for God. You understand what I'm trying to say? If you figure out God, that is kind of dangerous because then we become very prideful. Uh, we don't have humility. Uh, and then when something happens to, in our lives, we just cannot turn to God because we are too embarrassed because we have figured out how God should actually respond to those people and to people that is like you. Amen? So one day, this kid's uh, little boy, uh, he wanted a new bike, you guys. He wanted a new bike and he was praying to God. He said, hmm, maybe I should pray to God, but how do I kind of manipulate God in such a way that he will give me the bike? You know, this boy thought that he could figure out God. So, so he prayed. He said, God, I want a new bike. And if you give me a new bike, I will be a good boy for the rest of my life. And after he prayed that prayer, he decided like, oh, you know what? I don't think that's quite realistic, you know. I don't think God is going to believe me uh, that I'm going to be a good boy for the rest of my life. So he said, no, 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 God, wait, wait, wait a minute. He said, I want a new bike, God, and if you give me a new bike, I will be a good boy for three months. <laughs> and then after he prayed that prayer, he decided like, uh... Three months is a long time. I think that's not believable too, you know. I don't think God will give me the new bike because I don't think he will, he will believe that I can be a good boy, behave, good behavior for three months. And so he was thinking, hmm, how do I kind of manipulate God, you know. And then as he was walking around and thinking, and he saw a statue of Virgin Mary on, on, you know, in the, uh, on the closet, you know. And so he said, ah. So he took the statue of the Virgin Mary and he said, God! 
If you don't buy me the new bike, I will not release your mom. <laughs> so today, I want to speak to the Christians in this house and to those of you tuning in through the live stream. How many of you understand when I said this? When we have become a Christian for some time, we have listened to so many sermon podcasts and attended years of Sunday service. Some could even be a Bible scholars. You know, maybe some of us can even be a Bible teachers. Uh, somehow, our attitude in our relationship with God becomes so superficial that we think that we have figured out God and His plans. If you have figured out God, then it will be a problem because we are not being honest with ourselves, right? And we thought that we had everything figured out in our lives, including God, including our worship, including how God will react to certain situation, to certain circumstances. We have expectation of how God should move, you know, and how and God should bless us because we serve God and God should maneuver uh, in, in certain areas in our lives because we've been faithful. You know, sometimes when we pray, God, you got to heal my, my mom because I'm leaders of this church. And if, we, if, if you think that you figured out God that way and you manipulated God that way, then it becomes very dangerous in our relationship. Sometimes we, we, we become Christian for so long that we become such a hypocrites and we thought that we know what God will do. That's not, that's not our God. Because if we figure out our God, that is a problem. Amen? So today we want to look at a story uh, of Jesus, obviously, you know, I love Jesus. I love to preach about Jesus. And I want you to open up with me in Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, verse 36 to 50. Uh, I want you to guess which version I'm going to read to you today. The MSG version, yes. I love the Message Bible because it makes sense to my mind, you know. Yeah, it makes sense to my mind. So I know certain people might not like the MSG version, uh, but bear with me. You, you'll understand why I like the MSG version, in, especially in this story, because it makes sense, okay? In verse 36, Luke chapter 7, it says, One of the Pharisees asked him over for a meal. He went to the Pharisee's house. Jesus went to the Pharisee's house and sat down at the dinner table. Just then, a woman of the village, the town harlot, Having learned that Jesus was a guest at the home of the Pharisees, came with a bottle of a very expensive perfume and stood at his feet, weeping, raining tears on his feet, letting down her hair. She dried his feet, kissed them, and anointed them with the perfume. So when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man was the prophet I thought he was, he will have known what kind of woman is this who is falling all over him. So the context of this story is the, the Pharisee's name is Simon. Okay, Simon is the Pharisees. As you guys know, Pharisees are actually church leaders. Uh, they, they are Bible scholars. They are the one who actually know and understand the Bible inside out. They know the law of, uh, the law of God. They are the one who actually um, um, monitor or they enforce the law of God within the community. So they, they are people who, who know the word of God, right? So he invited Jesus to come for dinner. And, and at, this, at this point, uh, an uninvited guest in the, in, in the book of Luke says that this is a prostitute. It's a town harlot. Uh, as you guys know, women in those times, they, they have no rights. They have very uh, low standing in the society. And this is even worse because she is a town harlot. 
So she is definitely the outcast of the society. She was a sinner. She was a great sinner, right? She came, uh, this, uh, they call it the sinner in the city, came to meet with Jesus without speaking, pouring out that perfume, which is very expensive. Some people said that perfume uh, could cost uh, ordinary people about one year of wage, and she just poured it all at the feet of Jesus, okay? And she used her hair to wipe it clean. Uh, so that's the context of the story. But I don't want you to gloss over this one statement that was read earlier on, which when Simon saw what happened to the woman, Simon did not speak to Jesus, guys. The Bible said that Simon speak to himself. So Simon actually spoke in his heart. He did not say it out loud. He said it in his heart. And, and, and only, you know, if you read this uh, context, in the gospel, there are three other stories that are the same. You know, in the book of Matthew, in the book of Mark, in the book of John, they, they all have the same context. But only the book of Luke, where Simon actually speak to himself. So he did not proclaim it to Jesus. He did not communicate it to Jesus what he felt, but he just said it inside of him, okay? So when the Pharisee had in, saw uh, what happened, he said to himself, if this man was the prophet I thought he was, he would have known what kind of woman this is who is falling all over him. Okay, and I, I learned that in Hebrew literature, whenever there is a, 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 a word that says, this person spoke to himself, or this person thought in his heart, it's usually a foolish thought. It's usually an evil thought. Whenever the Hebrew literature speaks this, you know, like, Simon said to himself, Simon thought of this within himself, or somebody said in his heart, which means that this person did not say it out loud. It's just inside of them, okay? Let me give you an example. In uh, Psalm 14, verse 1, in Hebrew literature, this typically depicts a foolish or evil thought, always, okay? In Psalm 14, verse 1, it says, the fool says in his heart that there is no God. In Deuteronomy 29, verse 19, in the Amplified Version, he says, He imagined himself as blessed, saying, I will have peace and safety, even though I walk within the stubbornness of my heart, rejecting God and His law. So when, when, when the Hebrew literature said that somebody is speaking to himself or thinking in his mind, that means there is foolish thoughts or evil thoughts that is coming, okay? And, and I said this, and this is tweetable, tweetable. It says, man sees the outward appearance and action, but God knows our inner being. I might not know your inner being. I might not know your inner thoughts, you know, but God knows. It says this, man hears what is being said, but God hears what is said in our inner thoughts. So number one, number one, okay, Simon said to himself, there is an inner thoughts in Simon's, uh, in, in Simon's uh, mind, okay? God knows our inner thoughts. Yes, we can all have the theatrical performance, you know? We can have theatrical performance in public. We can smile all we want. We want to portray that we are good, we are happy, we are perfect, we are a happy family. God knows the truth. God knows what is within us, okay? People said, Pastor, I want to know, what do you talk when you have dinner with your family? You know, I want to know what is a pastor's family talk about during dinner. What godly talk? You know, I tell them I 
review Levitical law with my kids. I, I, I teach them to memorize Deuteronomy. No, I'm just kidding, guys. <laughs> Our family is not perfect family. <laughs> People say like, oh my goodness, pastor, your family must be perfect. You come. You live with us for a few days, then you'll know how crazy our family is. We have three boys. We have two teenagers. How perfect can it be? Right? <laughs> Cannot be perfect. Sometimes when I, I visited people's house, like, oh, I apologize, Pastor. My house is such a mess. Like, have you seen my house? <laughs> this is nice. This is a fixer-upper, you know. Uh, after Joanna again went through this. Yeah. <laughs> when you come to my house, that's the before picture. Yeah, your house is the after picture. So don't worry about it, okay? What I'm trying to say is that no matter how we portray on the outside, oh, the pastor must be perfect. He must have a perfect family. Oh, his kids must be an angel. Oh, uh, you know, Connor, Casey, and Caden doesn't walk on the ground. It floats. <laughs> well, I can tell you that, but that's a lie. It doesn't work that way, right? God knows our family, okay? I can portray to you how perfect we are. But in reality, is it wasn't perfect, okay? And God knows our family. And, um, of course, um, in, in the context of what we read, this also tells the audience or informs the audience of the heart of these Pharisees. You know, the, these Pharisees knows the law. He has heard the teaching. He enforced the law, but he does not understand the character of Jesus. He misunderstood the relationship of Jesus. That's why he said, if this man was a prophet, is this man a prophet? This man wasn't even a prophet. This man is the son of God. But he misunderstood. He said, if this man was a prophet, he will not act this way. How many of you figured out God that way? He said, God, if you are God, you will never let this happen. If you are God, you will never have this person come to, into our church. If you are God, you will punish this person for misbehaving. If you are God, you will never shower your grace and love upon this person. If you are God, you should did miracle in my life. You know, Simon questioned his relationship. Simon questioned the identity of Jesus. I don't know how many of you misunderstood God. I don't know how many of you have figured out God in your life. You know, I was praying for my sister, my, my God sister. You know, now she's in Singapore. Been praying for her for several years. She has stage four pancreatic cancer. You know, I pray to God in the beginning when I got the news uh, a few years ago. I said, God, you got to heal her. She's a great lady. She is, the, you know, one of my best friends. You know, she served you all her life and she has never cheated anyone. You got to heal her, God. And now, three, four years later, she was still in that pain. Do I get mad? Do I say, what, what's the deal, God? What's going on? Are you not a good God? Are you an evil God? Are you a, not a faithful God? Why can't you heal her? Number two, Simon thought he had figured out God. He thought he knew how God should respond towards sinners and people who are different from us. Remember, Simon was speaking in his heart, okay? He wasn't talking it out loud, but take a look at God's response in verse 40. Jesus said to Simon, guys, guys, you can say it in your heart. You can think it in your mind. 
God knows, God hears, okay? Sometimes it's kind of strange, right? We can pray in our heart and God will hear. But if we curse in our heart, God doesn't hear. Strange, huh? It's like, oh, if I curse, if I say bad things about my brother and my sister in my heart, God will not know. He won't hear it. <laughs> but if I pray in my heart, God hears it. Strange, you know, right? But Simon was speaking in his heart and take a look at Jesus' response. Jesus said to Simon, 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 I have something to tell you, okay? And Simon thought like, oh, Jesus might be saying something different. He said, oh, tell me, Lord, tell me. Verse 41, he said, two men were in debt to a banker. One owed 500 silver pieces and the other 50. Neither of them could pay up, so the banker canceled their debt. Debt free, you know, forgiveness of debt. Which of the two would you think would be more grateful? Simon answered, I suppose the one who was forgiven the most. Jesus said, that's right. Turning to the woman, but speaking to Simon, he said, do you see this woman? I came to your home, you provided no water for my feet, but she rained tears on my feet and dried them with her hair. You gave me no greeting, but from the time I arrived, she hasn't quitted kissing my feet. You provided nothing for freshening up, but she has soothed my feet with perfume. Impressive, isn't it? She was forgiven much. She was forgiven many, many sins. So she is very, very grateful. If the forgiveness is minimal, the gratitude is minimal. That's why sometimes we as Christians, we need to be reminded that we were once sinners. We had many, many sins. We were unworthy. But because the grace of God is plentiful, that He died for you and for me. I don't know how many of you, when you first received Jesus and when you were first saved, you were so excited. You were telling everyone. You were so grateful of what had happened in your life. But now, when, when you had become a Christian for five years, ten years, that zeal was no more. That appreciation, no more. That gratefulness, no more. Because it's been so far, far and long, long time ago. And we thought that we were perfect, that forgiveness becomes so minimal, the gratitude becomes minimal. And then he spoke to the woman, I forgive your sin. What did the woman do to deserve her forgiveness? Nothing. Don't get it wrong, okay? Not because she poured out expensive perfume that she got forgiven. Not because she did something to Jesus that she was forgiven. Nothing. She deserved nothing. She was unworthy. Whatever she did meant nothing. I don't want you to pay Jesus, okay, to receive your forgiveness. You know, I don't want you to bring an offering uh, to the church and say, you know what, because of this offering, therefore I receive favor of God. Because I, re I bring this offering, therefore I receive blessing. No. It's only the love and the grace of Jesus that forgave her, that, that created that way of repentance for her. Nothing that she did actually deserve that, okay? Verse 49. This is very fun. That's sat the dinner guest talking behind his back, okay? Uh, in, and I, I will switch to the NIV version because the NIV version is a little bit clearer. He said, the other guests. So Simon has other guests too, you know? His cronies, his good buddies were there too. 
And the bodies, you know, that's why there is a saying, birds of the same flock gather together. Okay? Birds of the same flock gather together. The friends are the same. Simons are gathering with people of the same attitude. These are people who are talking behind people's back. So it's not only Simon talking behind her back, behind Jesus' back. The friends were talking behind her back and Jesus' back too. Take a look in verse 49. He says, The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sin? Ah, it turns out that these self-righteous people who think that they figure out God likes to gather themselves too. And they don't welcome those that do not look, talk, sound, behave, clothe like them. So the question today is, have we become a Christian? Have we become a church that becomes so exclusive, so close, that other people from outside the four walls of this church cannot come in? Have we become a Christian or a community of believers in this church that when somebody come in, we talk behind their back because they look different, they dress different, they talk different, they behave different. Verse 50. Jesus know, right? Jesus heard them even though they speak inside of them, Jesus know. And the verse 50 says, He ignored them. Man, he ignored those people who talked behind their back and said to the woman, Woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Jesus doesn't care about our talk. Jesus doesn't care about our judgment. Jesus doesn't care whether we welcome them or not because Jesus always welcomed them. And because of Jesus and Jesus alone, her faith has made her well. And that word made her well or safe is in Greek word is called sozo. Okay, I know you have heard a lot of me saying sozo, right? And sozo means not only used in the terms of repentance of salvation, but the word also means wholesomeness. Okay, wholesomeness. And in the Strong's Concordance, uh, to those of you who are Bible students, is from Concordance, Strong's Concordance G4982. You can read it. Okay? It means to save, to keep safe, to be sound, to rescue from danger or to destruct, to rescue from destruction, or to save from a suffering one, from perishing one, to, suffer, uh, to rescue from one suffering from diseases, to make them well, to heal, to restore, to preserve one who is in danger of destruction, to save or to rescue. So God's healing power, God's salvation, not only pertaining to heaven, not pertaining to eternal life, but wholesomeness. I don't know how many of you need that right now. You are hurt. His souls will make you well, make you heal. You are disappointed. His souls will make you have hope again. To those of you who need repentance, His souls will make a way of repentance for you. Sozo. Your faith has made you sozo. Last but not least, number four, listen. Jesus did not come to condemn the sinners. 
He came to save the sinners. He condemned the sin. He restored Sozo, right? He rescued it from us. But He never neglected the sinners. His salvation does not only provide a way to eternal life, but a life that is wholesome, at peace, fully restored. If you are unsure, just humbly come before Him and surrender your life once again at His throne of grace and mercy. Today, I want to pray. I want to take time to pray. I want to pray for two groups of people. One is that to those Christians, whether you are here in this room or you are tuning in from our live stream, if you have felt that, you know what, I think I deserve it. I think I got it, God figured out. I think I want God to move in a certain way. And when you look at other people, especially those people not within your community, are you talking behind their back or are you embracing them in front of them? Let's pray. Because as we bounce back into the new normal, I think it's very soon, you know, we are coming back to the new normal. My brother texted me um, two nights ago. He said, hey, brother, take a look at this news. It's, it was from uh, thetick.com. I don't know how many of you read thetick.com. You know, when I open up thetick.com, I'm confused. Like all the news are all over the place, you know. <laughs> but to those of you who read it, good for you, you know. So he, he texted me at thetick.com. He said, Singapore lockdown. You know, to those of you, uh, I care about Singapore because I grew up there. My whole life, uh, my whole teenage life and childhood life, I spent it there. It's a Singapore lockdown. All travelers going into Singapore has a 21-day quarantine. So, while the United States is loosening up their mass mandate. Like, I'm confused. <laughs> like, what is right? <laughs> Why is one country lock locking down, especially Singapore? How many of you have been to Singapore? If Singapore go back to lockdown, I think the whole world will go back to lockdown. Singapore is so strict. They don't even let you speak. They can't, you can't even allow to bring bubble gum. How can you bring coronavirus? Prohibited in, in Singapore. You bring a coronavirus, $5,000 fine. If you contracted coronavirus in Singapore, they will cane you. I'm kidding, guys. I'm kidding. I'm just saying, the world is very confusing, you know. So confusing. But I want us to pray, especially also to the second group of people. If you are like this woman, your life is maybe in such a mess, and you know you need help, but you feel bad coming to Jesus because you are just not there yet. You understand? You are not there yet. You are not that clean yet. You are not that put together yet. Oh, you don't have the right and proper clothing. You don't have the proper words to say. You know, sometimes I ask somebody, say, hey, why don't you say prayers? He say, oh, oh, Pastor, I don't know how to say it in prayer. Do you know how to talk? He say, yeah, but I don't know how to pray the right words. There is no right words. All you have to do is be broken to God. Be humble to God and say, you know what? I cry out to God. I cry out to you, Lord. 
I cry out to you, Lord. Yes, I don't deserve it. Yes, I'm not worthy. Oh, yes, I'm not put together. I'm not perfect. I still fall and slip, but I need you, Lord. Today, if you are that person, I want to welcome you. I want to speak prayer over you. And I want you to receive Jesus and receive His salvation, receive His grace, receive His acceptance, receive His love for the very first time. And then you'll understand that you don't need to have it together. You don't need to have it God figured out in order to have that relationship with God. Today is the day that you receive God. Amen? Let's all stand. I want to say this prayer together for all of us Christians, especially in this sanctuary and also to those of you tuning in. Christians, let's say this prayer together, would you? It says this, forgiving God. Forgiving God. Too often, we take your forgiveness for granted. Oh, be merciful to us, God. And show us the depth of your healing that is offered when you forgive. For the sake of the one who recognize total surrender to forgiveness and offer it willingly to others. Jesus Christ, you are our healer. Amen. And to those of you who want to receive Jesus today for the very first time, would you say this prayer together with me? Dear Lord Jesus, oh dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for us. For nothing, Lord, nothing that we can do, nothing that we can bring, nothing that we can change that could take away your love for us. Therefore, today, Lord, thank you for the forgiveness of, your, of our sin. Today, Father God, we receive you as Lord and Savior of our lives. From today onwards, you are Lord over my life. I am a new creation. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love. Despite of my weaknesses, despite of my sins, despite of the curses in my life, you have died all for us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Let's all lift our hands up. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus, for the word of God. Be merciful to us, Father God. Convict us if there are anything in our hearts that we become prideful that we take this relationship for granted, that we thought that we have you figured out, God, that you manipulate this relationship to do according to our will, not to your will, Father God. Be merciful to us. Today, forgive us, Father God, and allow us to be renewed in that relationship with you again, just like the first time, just like the first love, Father God. Today, I pray that your countenance will shine upon us, that we shall go from this place knowing that you are a faithful and merciful God. 
that even while we were still sinners, that while we were still rebellious, that we while we were still prideful, while we were still making mistakes, you have loved us so much that you will continuously pursue us. Therefore, today, Father God, as we depart from here, bring us the journey, the, the, the grace and the mercy from the throne of the Father, the love and grace through the Son, Jesus Christ, and the fellowship with the Holy Spirit be with us from today till eternity, till the second coming of Christ. And in Jesus' mighty name we pray. God's people said, Amen. Have a wonderful Sunday, everyone. Thank you for coming. Thank you for tuning in. See you guys again next week. Amen.